Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field Report. In the state of Illinois this week, you can see it all. About a third of the state is abnormally dry. About a third got pounded with rain. And that other third is sitting in the driver's seat coming into July in real good shape. On Wednesday morning, I was looking at fields north of Donovan, Illinois, on the northeast side of the state with Darren from Donovan Co-op. And the soil was sticking to her shoes and parts of the field and other parts were too wet you couldn't even walk through them. In the afternoon I was in some plot fields down in the Crescent City area and man they look good there. Got the right amount of water, things are really jumping. I finished out the day up at Odell or Blackstone north of Pontiac and the fields were dry with big cracks. If you're to drop your cell phone, you're probably going to lose it in the cracks in the ground. Thursday, I was in fields in Tazewell County, and they're also getting dry, getting real tight on water, starting to see some big cracks. Matt said over at Quincy on the western part of the state, uh, they were on the dry side of things, but picked up 10 inches in four days, so now they're over there on the wet side of the equation. So the weather conditions we are receiving, though, are, are phenomenal for growth in the most part. If you have the water and a root system that can access it. A day after day sunshine, low humidity, mid-80s to low 90s, big GDU days, giving us just some great ET rates. While I'd like to save these great ET rates for grain fill, the way this year has been, locally anyway, you better take it when you can get it. These fantastic conditions do create some interesting things. One is brittle corn. Corn growing so fast it's subject to green snap. Some of this smaller corn that doesn't have the rows closed yet, getting this high amount of sunlight down to those lower leaves from top to bottom, all leaves are receiving sunlight. This is allowing the plants to create a surplus of sugars and in turn is triggering a lot of tillering. Growers are asking, does this mean we didn't plant the corn thick enough based on all the tillers? Most years this would be true if corn was planted at normal time and rows were closed coming into these conditions. The fields that I've been in, it's because the sunlight is hitting the base of that plant due to the late planting. The rows are not closed. Once the canopy closes, these tillers will drop off. Now in the dry areas, we don't see that much tillering in the late corn due to the fact that these plants are rolling during the day and they're not producing that surplus of sugars. Do not push populations next year based on the tillering that you're seeing this year. These great growing conditions are also why the corn standing in the water in the heavy rain areas is dying so fast. We saw some of that this week. We're getting dry here at the office. I pulled up our rainfall compared to our ET rates since June 11th. Our usage is 3.9 inches higher than our rainfall. While things still look good, we won't be able to do this much longer on the smaller corn or corn in compacted fields the stuff that doesn't have a depth of root to reach that deeper water supply. In the drier areas, 
even with corn rolling three to four hours a day, we're still seeing some good growth. If we're going to have a dry stretch, this is the time to do it. Ear size is set. In most cases, we're a week to three weeks from pollination. So it's a good time to, if we're going to be dry, now's the time to handle it without much damage to yield. And I don't get shook up with the corn rolling. It's its own mechanism to keep it from overheating. One thing I have noticed in the drier areas is a higher than normal amount of cotton pith inside the stalk, indicating that the plant is going to nutrient reserves in the stalk quicker and harder than it usually does. This is what those stored nutrients are for, to fill in the gaps on the days when the root system doesn't keep up. Usually when a plant goes to stalk reserves this hard, you can also see cannibalization of the lower leaves. The lower leaves in most fields are still intact. I believe this is because most of the fields have yet to close the rows and they're letting sunlight hit these lower leaves. As long as sunlight can reach them, they continue to contribute to feeding the plant. Once the rows close, they become a net negative, using food but not producing it. At this point, they'll be cannibalized pretty quick. Early stock cannibalization doesn't have that big effect on yield, but it can lead to stock quality issues this fall. Another common site in the dry area is potash deficiency, especially on the outside rows. Now, potassium and boron are very dependent on mass flow of water to get it loaded into the plant. In dry conditions, those two show up deficient pretty quick. The outside rows have higher ET rates and have to compete with the grass in the road ditch for water and potassium. This is usually the first place that we start to see K deficiency, that yellowing on the outer edge of both the corn and the bean leaf. Disease pressure has been quiet in most places up until now. You guys that have been hogging all the rain be sure to stay on top of your disease scouting. Keep scouting for insects, especially in that non-GMO corn. Fields where we saw corn borer moths on June 12th had bore between first and second instar, feeding in the whorls and in the leaf veins on July 1st, just right for treating before they get in the stalk. If you are in the one-third of Illinois, that is abnormally dry on the drought monitor map, it's time to stop mowing road ditches and waterways. The 10-day forecast doesn't look too promising, meaning we may be dealing with spider mites. Right now the bean crop is rocking. We're not going to let these little varmints slow it down. Step one, shut the mowers off early. Step two, spray the borders. We can push the spider mite threat back three weeks if we play it smart now. I'll have Zach put up the drought monitor map on the website in case you're not sure if you're in the dry area or you need to show landlords why you're not mowing road ditches. Weed harvest will be in full swing next week. In many areas, we do have enough moisture to get double crop beans off to a good start. If you have weed acres and you're planning on double cropping, check with your seed supplier about growing seed beans on these acres. 
There's a big demand to cover next year's shortfall if Extend Beans are cut from the market. Seed companies are looking for double crop or preventive plant acres that they can get non-Extend Beans planted into. Remember, with the double crop beans, you narrow up the rows, push up the populations. In the dry areas, there, there isn't enough surface moisture to get these beans germed, even if you can get the planter in the ground. I probably would wave off double crop in these fields. While water is getting tight in some areas, this has been a good week for our crops. We here at CropTech want to wish everyone a happy and safe 4th of July. While things are kind of wacky right now, this is still the best country on earth to be farming in. So take some time, relax with the family, enjoy your favorite adult beverage, preferably one made with corn syrup, and celebrate the birthday of this great nation. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.